Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the Advent readings for 2022. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, as we talked about in last week's podcast about the Reign of Christ Sunday, Advent is the start of a new liturgical year, and this year we get the writings of Matthew. So tell me, what do we have to look forward to this year, especially in Advent? We get to look forward to the end of the world is coming. Oh, ah! yay. That's exactly what I want to hear at Christmas time. <laughs> Sinners and vipers, beware. Oh, we get vipers too. I think so. Nice. Oh, yeah. Sinners and vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come bear fruit worthy of repentance. Wow. Fire and brimstone and all that good stuff, huh? We we try to deliver when it comes to getting ready for Christmas. We want you feeling nice and worthy of needing a savior. I guess so. <laughs> but truly, Matthew is a challenging gospel sometimes. Okay. Matthew sort of sets a tone that can feel very... You need to do the work in mm. order to earn God's love. Interesting. Which is very not Martin Luther, right? Right. We talk about this kind of as a works righteousness dynamic. So your work will earn your righteousness. And it can, Matthew can lend itself easily on first reading for that kind of an interpretation. And you kind of need to watch for that with the Gospel of Matthew. But there's a lot in there that can lend towards that, that really says, look, if someone is hungry, you feed them. If you don't feed them, you're not doing the work of Jesus. And we end up with a lot of scripture in Matthew that calls us to accountability in our actions in the world. And so when it comes to Advent, as we step into year A of our three-year lectionary cycle, and for those who are new to the Church Basement podcast, you can go back in the history of our podcasts and learn all about the lectionary cycle. You can learn about the liturgical calendar. You can find all kinds of episodes on this throughout our podcast history on Spotify or iTunes or on our website. We will link to some major ones on the page for this particular podcast. Because Dawn is an amazing producer <laughs> and will do that work for you. But Matthew comes in on the first Sunday of Advent with the story that becomes what we know in our kind of modern parlance as the rapture. Okay. There will be two in the field. One will be taken. One will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just sitting here trying to imagine what it's going to be like sitting in a pew. And that's what you get read to on Advent Sunday. The Sunday after Thanksgiving, mind you. Oh, even better. So you're like sitting there chilling on tryptophan. Mm-hmm. And this is what you get. Wow. And so it's this 
fascinating. You come off this high of Reign of Christ Sunday and this concept of Christ is Lord of all. God will always rule over everything. And then you get this morning that be careful. You never know when the end of the world is coming. And it's up to us to try to figure out us as community, not us as preachers. Okay. But us as community to try then to find a pathway to understand what does this mean together? How do we, how do we hold this understanding of anticipation or waiting for something that we don't know when it's going to change? We don't know how things will be made different, but we are waiting for the something yet to come. And if we can lean into that part of the promise, that is what Advent is really all about, is that waiting for the something that is yet to come. When you get to the year of Matthew and you get these stories, do you get a lot of feedback from any parishioners about, wow, that was, that was quite a reading? Well, it's interesting because this is always how it is in Advent. You always have a text that is really apocalyptic, and then you've got two weeks of John the Baptist telling everyone that they're sinners and everyone is going to die and that they're terrible and need to repent. And that's usually Advent two and three. And then Advent four might usually be a little bit of nativity story. Maybe you get a little bit of Mary. And those are the assigned readings. And in this follows that exact pattern. It's all from the Gospel of Matthew. And oftentimes you'll find communities like pull one of those John the Baptist telling everyone they're awful and replacing it with the nativity pageant. Yay, mm-hmm. kids being cute. I was <laughs> right. going to say, thinking back, I don't ever remember. It's like I was reading an email today and I was mostly reading it and getting the high points. And then I asked a question about the email and the person was like, well, didn't you read it? I'm like, right. <laughs> Have I been scrolling past the apocalyptic readings in Advent every year for 49 yeah. years? Apparently I have. Pretty much. Wow. Because we don't, it is such a complete disconnect from what the rest of the entire season is like in our lives. Yeah. Putting up lights. Realistically. Buying presents, making things pretty, cooking yummy food. Mm-hmm. Wow. Making plans, getting kids through final exams. Yes. Right. If you have older students, getting them home for the holidays, all the house cleaning that has to get done. The parties. The parties, the obligations, Mm -hmm. the increased cleaning, fending off the depression from the more darkness here in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm -hmm. All of those pieces that we contend with, we don't often hear the lessons very much when it actually comes to the season. We hear the music far more than we hear the lessons. And we have more arguments about whether or not we get to sing Christmas carols or Advent hymns Mm -hmm. than whether we pay attention to the apocalyptic lessons or hearing about John the Baptist calling us to pay attention to what is coming. 
Well, let me ask you this. As the person who's in the pulpit, do you prefer not dwelling on those apocalyptic readings because they're a little wild and hard to take? Or do you wish we would pay a little more attention to them? I think, I don't know. I mean, in some ways, I think it would be good for us to notice them more because we are also, you know, there's a, there's a meme going around where it's like, Apocalyptic literature has been moved to the current event section of the <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> of the store, right? And like my mother, when I was visiting her last month, shared that part of her guilty pleasure through the pandemic has been reading apocalyptic literature. Well, yeah, because right? it's at least something a little more outlandish than what's currently going on. Right. And, and she means like books about life after a nuclear war mm -hmm. or things like that, right? Like these books that are out there that are survivor stories and things mm -hmm. like that. So it's not that this form of literature is far from our minds right now. Oh no, There's entire genres in young adult fiction, in adult fiction, we live in this realm now where we are selling so much tactical gear for this kind of living that this sort of literature is not far from us to be able to understand it. And yet we approach biblical apocalyptic literature as if it is telling a future rather than helping us understand how to be a survivor in hard times. Oh, it definitely gets spun that way. Right? And so it can make it difficult to know how to encounter it when we come into worship because of how it's been changed, the way that we've changed our interaction with it within the last 150 years of Christian theology. And so in that case, do I mind that we kind of ignore it? No. Do I wish that we had a better encounter with it so that we had better scriptural tools to help us now? Yes, because frankly, I would rather we had our biblical tools to encounter and help us now than that we had, I don't know, the Hunger Games, mm -hmm. right? We use the Hunger Games as a point of reference to be able to understand so much. It's a common parlance now between people oh, this is really making me feel like we're stepping towards the Hunger Games a little too much. I'm getting anxious to feel like maybe we're creating a world where the Hunger Games could be real. Mm -hmm. And it's a warning sign that we need to be realistic about things. Well, we have literature in our own holy book that could guide us in the same way that we share across cultures and across centuries. But because we don't know how to access that, and because we've spun it so strangely, we lose the power that it could offer us. And Advent is about this potential to understand how to wait and how to hope and how to create a future that is different, a future that we long for, a future that we dream for, a future that a young rebel woman in Palestine would risk her life for. And so I wish we could access it more. And I don't know how to get us there. 
<laughs> takes time. It, it takes, takes time. time. And four weeks isn't nearly long enough, especially when you start throwing other pageants and right. things in there. And especially, you know, we have one week of the apocalyptic text and it's the week everyone is going to be zoned out on tryptophan. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. And really looking forward to getting home for those last day leftovers. or two of leftovers. Uh -huh. Like there's turkey gravy still waiting at home, but it's like day four. You're running, running on fumes at that point. <laughs> so what do they pair with these writings of Matthew? What, what kind of Psalms do you get and in the first readings? So we are solidly in Isaiah through the entire month of Advent. Okay. So for those of us who are not well-versed in what Isaiah <laughs> is. <laughs> so all four of our first readings will be from the prophet Isaiah. Okay. And... Isaiah really is one of the prophetic books from out of the Hebrew scriptures. It is a longer one of the Hebrew books, and it is of the prophetic books. This is one that oftentimes is used to point to the coming of Jesus because there's a whole section in there of the suffering servant. Okay. And oftentimes people who read Jesus in the Hebrew scriptures will look to the suffering servant of Isaiah in order to say this was pointing to Jesus. And much of the Messiah handles Messiah. Mm -hmm. The language that we know of, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Mm -hmm. that we know from like the Hallelujah Chorus come out of Isaiah. So we get passages from Isaiah chapter 2, Isaiah chapter 11, Isaiah chapter 35, and Isaiah chapter 7. And all of those accompany the Matthew. Our Psalms kind of skip around um, Psalm 122, Psalm 72, some select verses. We get a little bit of a choice on the third Sunday of Advent. Third Sunday of Advent typically always gives you the option to hear Mary's Magnificat mm -hmm. as the psalm option. So every single year of our lectionary, A, B, and C, give you the option to hear Mary's Magnificat on the third Sunday of Advent. But we also get Psalm 146 that week, and then Psalm 80 comes at us on the fourth Sunday. Then we get a strong helping of the book of Romans, which is Paul's letter to the Romans. Okay. And that comes in with three readings. But the third Sunday of Advent, we get James and a be patient beloved until the coming of the Lord. Be patient. Patience is not a bad thing. Patience isn't bad, but it's awfully difficult. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and I will send you the link to the lectionary on the Vanderbilt webpage so you can add that to our webpage as well. So if people want to take a look at this and take a look at all the readings, kind of for the entire season of Advent ahead of time, you can take a look and see what it is you see, see what is being woven for the season ahead of time. Do you get the birth story of Jesus in Matthew? We do. It's interesting. We don't in the book of Mark. And we get, you know, this very esoteric, in the beginning was the word, and the word was mm -hmm. with God in mm -hmm. John, right? Mm -hmm. 
So in, in Luke and Matthew, we get birth narratives. But in Matthew, we get it mostly from Joseph's perspective. Oh, interesting. In Luke, we get it from the women's perspective. But in Matthew, it's from Joseph's. So that's who we'll be hearing this year. And that is which Sunday of Advent? It's, well, we hear a little bit of it on the fourth Sunday of Advent. Okay. But we'll hear more of it after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess that's going to lead me into my last question then. What season of Matthew is your favorite? I know Advent is a favorite of yours, but yeah. is is the ordinary time of Matthew better? The Easter season, the Pentecost season? Oh, that's really hard. Matthew is a challenging, a super challenging gospel for me. Hmm. I think, though, there are some really delicious parts that we get into in ordinary time. But Lent has some really great stuff, too. I'll have to take a look and maybe maybe we find out later in the year what part of year A is the most delicious. Now I'm going to have to go like diving in and figure <laughs> that out. I'm intrigued. Nice. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about the Advent readings of 2022. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you all for joining along. I hope you find something intriguing about this year's Advent readings and that they will call you into a time of deep contemplation. May your day be holy. May you find some rest. And until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.